Welcome to the After Hour Sessions podcast. I'm D-Rock, and today I'm joined by a special guest, someone who I'm really excited to be talking with because this person caught my eye right away when I first like saw her, uh, actually saw her with Hans in some of his videos. So I was like, this person just seems really just interesting and cool and someone I really just wanted to to talk with. So I'm so glad that we finally made this happen and she's able to join the podcast, the one and only Feisty Feminista. How are you? <laughs> Why, thank you for such a sweet introduction. <laughs> it's, it's well deserved. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm actually taking a little break right now uh, at my new home base in Springfield, Missouri, and um, getting ready for my next tour. Now, that's something because you've been I've been following you and you've been even like during the pandemic, you've been like a traveling machine. <laughs> like I am I am impressed. How do you do it? Like and not kind of not burn out. Cause a lot of times the travel can be really hard, but you seem you've you've definitely been going really good. Yeah, I I love to travel. I've been a traveler pretty much the past like 12 years, mostly outside the country, mostly for pleasure. And so now I feel blessed that I'm able to travel for work. So, you know, I get to have a little pleasure on the way, but it's mostly running from city to city, uh, <laughs> chasing sessions. Um, and yeah, definitely during the pandemic too. So I'm pretty sure I had COVID uh, way back in the beginning in March of 2020. Mm -hmm. And so I felt sort of invincible. <laughs> <laughs> and so I didn't let uh, a scary thing like that stop me because I've, I've been through much scarier situations. Um, and I thought that a lot of people would be more resistant to meeting, but we practiced, um, you know, some safe ways to meet, whether we were wearing masks or, um, you know, people would quarantine first or we would make sure that we weren't with anybody who had any symptoms, you know, things like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I spent many years traveling outside the country. And over the past, let's say, two years, I've been able to travel all over the U.S. And I mostly drive. Sometimes I fly, but um, I, I used to have a van with mm. a bed in the back. <laughs> so that was cool. Uh, but now I have a Prius, so it's much better on gas. It's just not as comfy. Okay. So... My baby. Her name is Harriet, and she takes me everywhere. All right, Harriet. <laughs> nice, nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you said that you were traveling outside the country before. Um, was that just kind of like you just kind of wanted to explore and see the world, or was there a particular reason why you, you've been traveling even way before you started session wrestling? Um, yeah, I, when I was 19, I did like a – you know, like a spring break Cancun type of thing. Um, <laughs> and then not until I was like in my early 20s did I travel outside the country again. And I did it for a, a school program that I was in in my college. And I went with some students and some professors to the Dominican Republic and the Haitian border. And okay. we were there to like, you know, study border conflict there and um, – I just fell in love with traveling and seeing other places. It's like you get to relearn everything, you know, especially if you don't know the language there, but it's just like you're suddenly dropped down into this brand new environment and you have to humble yourself and you have to 
um, you know, follow the lead of those that you're meeting in this in this new land. So I I traveled to to the border there with some students, and I pretty much discovered I don't really like to travel in big groups. Okay. <laughs> and and then I went with some of those very same people to Egypt the next year. Wow. And um, yeah, that was actually right before the Arab Spring, like literally days before. Mm. Um, and that was the trip that helped me to realize I definitely don't want to travel with other people <laughs> okay. because I'm a very spontaneous person. And so, you know, I was having a really great time in this wonderful market and I was getting henna tattoos and drinking mango juice and people were playing beautiful stringed instruments and the group I was with wanted to leave. And I was like, oh, wow, but we should stay. And they <laughs> yeah. didn't want to stay and they didn't want to leave me there. So that was the moment I decided that I would never travel with anybody ever again. <laughs> no, no. So, so, um, so at, directly after that, I went to Jamaica um, with with one friend, but she was pretty cool. Um, and then I moved from New York City. I hadn't traveled for a while, and then I moved to New York City. I'm from New York City mm. to New Mexico with my ex, and we lived there for a while off grid. And then I had a friend who was having a birthday in Mexico. And I decided to join her. And then I went from going for a week to backpacking for like seven months through Mexico, Guatemala, Belize, uh, and a little bit in Honduras. So that was a really amazing trip. And then I just became absolutely obsessed (laughs) with traveling. No. Um, And this is why I've been so like wanting, like excited to talk with you because you are like a Renaissance woman. Like it is just like unbelievable. (laughs) Like, like, oh, like just I, I, I have to just kind of like keep myself calm because there's so many things I want to <laughs> I want to ask. So I'll try to like make sure. So forgive me, feisty and forgive me, listeners. So if I get disjointed because I'm just like, man, there's so many things I want to ask. But I guess the first one is and it might be a hard one. Has there been a favorite place, I guess, for like you're outside the U.S.? Was there a favorite, like a number one spot that you travel to? Um, my gosh, I've been several places and still I haven't been everywhere. I mean, I, I, there's so many places. That I <laughs> um, I guess I, I really enjoyed my time in Mexico. Um, and in Guatemala, mm-hmm. I just feel like the people there are really warm and a lot of fun and have held on to a lot of their indigenous roots and, that was like I pretty you know my first ever backpacking trip at length. Right. So I would say Mexico and Guatemala. There's just something really warm and natural and fun about those people down there, and um, they just love to play music. And I traveled with a guitar, and so even though I didn't speak Spanish fluently, it was a great way. Like you know, music is the universal language. So Absolutely. if you have instruments, you can go anywhere and meet people. It's incredible. Um, so that was definitely one of my favorite trips. I've also, I've been to Cuba and although it wasn't one of my favorite trips, I just feel like it's one of the most, uh, um, one of the more interesting places I've been. Okay. It felt sort of forbidden. Um, and then also my grandpa is from Cuba. So Mm. I got to like, you know, experience his, his homeland. So that meant a lot to me. Um, but I I would say, Morocco might be one of my favorite countries that I've been to. Wow. Because okay. again, those those folks there are so 
warm and welcoming and helpful and really not pushy about their religion, but wanting to help you to learn at the same time. Yeah. And I actually, um, I was pretty broke then and I, I really had no money and I had just lost my phone too in Spain. So I just started hitchhiking and I hitchhiked my way through Spain and then across the, the Strait, the Gibraltar Strait to Morocco. And I hitchhiked through Morocco for six weeks and couch surfed there. And wow. so I, I, I came with like a hundred bucks and I left with like $50 because people just took care of me. <laughs> That is amazing. Yeah, it was just a really interesting place. Like the geography, the, you know, the the landscapes, the people, the architecture, the music, the culture, just the food. Everything was amazing about Morocco. I, if no one's ever been there, I would suggest go. <laughs> now, now, is that, uh, I know you say you're not a food snob, but would you say Moroccan food was, was number one for you? Or is there a de- another place? Ooh. So honestly, a lot of the traveling that I've done, uh, I've been pretty broke. So um, I think that's one of the reasons why I've been able to have so much fun because I wasn't traveling like a tourist. And so I got to really meet people on a different kind of level. But that also meant that I was on a super tight budget. So like in Cuba, I heard like, oh, Cuba has amazing food. Yeah. When I was in a Cuban's home, but eating out, uh, I was eating, it was, it was crap, basically. <laughs> so I, I didn't get to experience that too much. Um, I would, I mean, I loved Guatemalan food. I loved Mexican food and I loved, um, I loved Moroccan food a lot. It was just, it was what I liked about Moroccan food. I guess it was more so even the style that we ate because, um, Traditionally, we would eat out of this thing called a tagine. Mm-hmm. That's like the clay pot that they eat out of. And so they make this big meal. And then everyone, you can hear my dogs. <laughs> everyone sits around eating from the same pot. And so, you know, you get this piece of bread and you pass it around the table and everybody pulls off a piece. And that's what you use to scoop up your food. And it just felt like a way to connect with people that I've never done before. Like it's just a totally, it's a much more intimate experience than just sitting at a table with people and eating with forks. You know, it's like we're all digging in the same dish and like, you know, you eat with your hand that you don't wipe your ass with and you, you you stick to your side of the pot, you know, you only go in your little area and it's just like, you see how people share, you see how people organize, you see how, Again, it's another way to learn to get to know people without speaking their language. Like most of the time I couldn't talk to people, but we all sat around and we ate out of the same dish together. And it just felt really like a wonderful connection. And And and, so I I would say for that reason, Moroccan food was was my favorite, but also it was really delicious. (laughs) (laughs) No, but just like you said, that music is like that universal language food is up there where it can just, it brings people together and can connect people. And, and that's a really like amazing and beautiful story you told, like, even though you didn't speak the language, you got, we're still sharing a meal and learning each other and connecting like through food. And that's why that's such a really awesome, awesome, like story and like such a great experience. (laughs) Oh, wow. So that is so, so now were you, always like an adventurous person kind of like by like just growing up like were you someone like 
who was a daredevil or risk taker, or did that kind of like just come about from from something else? Hmm. Uh, I guess I was always a daredevil and a risk taker. Not so much in like um, you know, like an extreme sports kind of no, way. No, right, anything, right. But <laughs> just someone who went against the grain, you know, who is trying to push boundaries, um, who is always seeking some sense of justice. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I guess that that allowed me to be more open to exploring places that are outside of, you know, what I'm used to. I just feel like it's like one of the best ways to learn is traveling. And so when I was young, my dad used to take me and my little sister. Um, we grew up in, in, in Queens, okay. in Rockway Beach, Queens in New York. And um, my dad would take us, you know, to Manhattan or up to the Bronx or, you know, go do different types of activities. He just wanted us to get out. And then I was, when I was young, I used to go camping with my grandparents. And so I'd be in like Pennsylvania or Myrtle beach or some other places like upstate New York or on the East coast somewhere. And so, yeah, I guess I was always like sort of a traveler as a kid. Cause I know people today that like, they've never even left New York state, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah. So as a kid, I was doing some traveling and then just, yeah, I guess my curious nature just, led me to that but you know it was really it was just people it was like a random thing it was like hey do you want to do this thing in school sure we could do a study abroad you get credits and you get to go someplace and i was like okay and then it's just the type of thing that becomes it it becomes addictive because you you just learn so much and you meet so many different types of people it's just the most humbling experience that i've ever had no so i'm i can only yeah that's so cool like i think traveling everyone should travel just to I think if everyone traveled, we would understand each other a lot better. Like than we absolutely, do, you know, absolutely. And it's funny because I, I mean, I had heard this statistic a while ago that was like only thirty percent of U.S. citizens have their passports. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people who I talk to about my travels, they're just like, "You went where? Oh my god, weren't you scared? Wait, you went by yourself? You did what?" <laughs> they're just so nervous, and I'm like. It really wasn't like, it really wasn't like how you think it is. And sure, I'm like a pretty tough person. Like I have this exterior, I think, that allows me to walk through foreign lands and not feel threatened or scared or intimidated or something. Um, but honestly, if people would just let their guard down, be vulnerable for a little while, have faith and go out there, they would see that it's not what they've been taught that it is, you know, like. Mm, absolutely. No. And now that's interesting because when I like see you like on like either like videos or like pictures, your exterior to me is very like welcoming and warm and friendly. So do you do you really get that a lot, though? Do you get like people kind of being more intimidated or? I think that there's a pretty good balance that I have. I guess I, <laughs> I guess now that you say it, you know, it's like. You know, even when like picking my stage name, like feisty feminista, you know, it's like I pick, I like, I'm a really sweet person. I'm very caring. I'm empathic. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm open. I'm warm. I'm trying to understand people. I want to learn. I, I, like I said, I, I believe in searching for justice, you know, but at the same time, I'm not going to let anybody fuck with me. And I don't, right. I don't want to see anybody else be fucked with. So I think that I'm able to keep that that shell tough and then 
I can break it down a little bit or, you know, sometimes they're really open and it's like, and then if you mess with me, then I got to get really crazy on you, you know? So <laughs> it, it just depends. I'm, I'm, I guess I could be chameleon like in that way. You know? Yeah. No, I think a lot of, most of us have that like duality kind of, we have like that part where we, we are caring, but if we have to like, you know, we're all like a lot of times walking contradictions. I feel like, you know, it's like, sure. I'm I'm sweet and nice, but I'm also a badass too. Like it's that both, like, which is really awesome. I I think and and hearing what you just said, I, I can't lie. Like, I read that you're a social psych major, and you're talking with a <laughs> psychology major. Okay. So I I kind of because it's really cool because as you know, you being a person of color, myself being a person of color, like it's cool to find other people who pick that major. And I kind of just want to know what, what made you like gravitate towards social psych? I mean, like with a lot of things in my life, they're just accidental. Like I'm not really the type of person that like has these goals. I have these like, you know, like deep and I'll do anything to get there. I'm just open to the opportunities that are presented to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and sometimes I follow bad advice. <laughs> so just growing up, I was just always very arguing and someone who was and just like always looking to find out why is this like this? And why are these people not treated this way? And why am I being treated unjustly? So my mom suggested at one point, Hey, why don't you, why don't you be a lawyer? (laughs) (laughs) So that's how I ended up going to criminal justice school. And then I never really focused on the criminal justice aspect. I focused more on sociology, psychology, and anthropology. So, and that's coming from a person who dropped out of high school at like 14, pretty much. (laughs) Oh, wow. And yeah, I just I hated school. I didn't like the um I didn't like the structure. I didn't like the popularity contests mm-hmm. and I also the teachers were just crap. They were I had a lot of um perverted um inappropriate teachers mm. and I just didn't want to be in that environment anymore. So I dropped out and then eventually meeting some young women who are about my age and they were already in college. And I was like, wait a second, hold on. I got to like figure out what I'm going to do here. I definitely don't want to be a waitress forever um, or a dancer forever. You know, I'm like the cliche, like I danced my way through college, (laughs) but it's true. Um, That's, that's awesome though, that you, you found a way to make it work. I did. I did. And now I'm not even working in my industry that I <laughs> that I went to school for, like many of us, I would I would guess. Well, no, I wanted to ask you, though, do you think that because you would say like you did sociology and learn like more of the psych part and what you're doing now? Like, do you think there's some ways that you apply what you learned into to like session wrestling and, and kink? For sure. I would say, yeah, just because I'm just curious as to why people think the way that they do and act the way that they do and have the desires that they do, um, including myself. So I just feel like sociology and anthropology, psych, um, and, and probably a few other <laughs> social sciences um, that there, I mean, I feel like everyone should be taking these courses because it's just teaching you about yourself and about life. So 
it should just be required. Like, it's too bad that we don't learn about those things when we were young. If we had been discussing those topics when I was in high school or even middle school, and if we could talk about, you know, misogyny and patriarchy, and uh, we would have been able to stand up to those disgusting, perverted male teachers that we had, I would have had a much more uh, enriching learning experience. I had to wait till college, unfortunately. And I'm lucky that I made it there because, you know, I could have been a statistic. I, I beat the odds. I'm a dropout who graduated magna cum laude for my, you know, with a bachelor's degree. Like, I don't know how many times that really happens, but, um, yeah, I've even, I've even thought like, maybe I should further my education, like, and go, go more deeper into, um, you know, uh, learning about sexuality from a psychological perspective. Um, Mm. I've only ever taken one class like that in college and it was quite interesting. I wish I would have gone further, but I can't, uh, I can't get financial aid anymore and I'm definitely not putting myself in debt. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm getting student loans. So <laughs> that's, that's where I'm at too with it. Like, uh, I have a bachelor's and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to go more in debt with like, you know, I'm like, unless I worked at a place that would pay for me to go. Um, and that hasn't happened. It's not going to happen. I'm like, I just can't see myself going into more debt for this. Like not, exactly. not the way it's set up right now, but no way. No, okay. no way. No way. My sister, she, she has a, a bachelor's in psychology. I'm like, what are you going to do with that? Yeah. <laughs> I a, a high school diploma, you know? That's but, where I'm um, at. Yeah, I had the same thing. But now you got me thinking, like, you know, my sister also went into psychology. I guess when you have, like, childhood trauma, it um it causes you to want to understand why that happened. And <laughs> it yeah. leads us to going into into fields like, and, like and, psych. And yeah, sure. I, I would say it's definitely childhood trauma. It is also... um. You know, for me, being a, when I was a young, you know, I was a young black kid and I went to school with black kids, but also a lot of white kids and dealing with like that racism, that prejudice, it kind of like you said, like I, I was like about like fighting, like fighting that injustice. And my mom said the same thing. Like, why don't you be a lawyer? And I was like, OK, like, sure, I'll be the next Thurgood Marshall. And I'm like, it's, yeah, it's just. <laughs> It's so easy, like, and then I got older. I'm like, oh, whoa, this this law thing. I don't know if it's for me, but understanding the, <laughs> but trying to understand the mind of people and understanding, like, for me, like the way certain and I've don't get me wrong, I've met great people along my life, but the way certain I also met plenty of negatives, and the way they treated me, wanted to understand that, and also like apply that to where I never treat anyone else that way. And to be the Facts. better person, you know, like, so yeah, it, it kind of just gravitates. And I'm not going to lie, also a big fan of the sitcom Frasier. So I was like, all right, that'll, that'll do it. Really? So, Frasier? That's hilarious. I guess I was too, but I just, you know, we didn't, we only had certain channels. So that's what, that's what was on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Frasier. <laughs> yeah, I love Frasier. I, I, one of my go-to shows when I'm just like laying in the bed, like, let me turn on something like Frasier's right. I love it to this day. That's funny. I just like a show like that or other sitcoms that I used to watch, like my dad loved Seinfeld or my sister was obsessed with friends. And just when I look at them now, I'm like, wow, they're so unrealistic. And also, where are the black people in these shows? (laughs) Why are there no black people? I mean, I know why there are no black people in Mm -hmm. these shows. 
But um, so I, it's just hard for me to watch stuff like that now. Like they're very nostalgic to me. Um, but I just, I, tr- I don't want to spend my time watching things like that. Cause I understand how subliminal that kind of messaging is. And so, yeah, unfortunately it's a lot, it's that way with a lot of shows and movies and even books. Absolutely. But you know, it's interesting because there's certain shows, like, I think I can watch some, some I, I struggle to watch and some I can, but I love pointing out to people the problems with them. And sure. I love using them and showing like, that's what's wrong. You know, I, I did for a little bit, like during the pandemic, cause couldn't do anything else. I did a TV podcast and did one about like friends about Seinfeld and love to point these issues out and the problem and how problematic it is in society, whether it's, you know, the, the homophobia, the, there's no black, you know, you walk around Manhattan. I was just in Manhattan a few weeks ago and like, there's no black people like, you know, like they just interact yeah. with all the, like, I don't know. Like, it's just love pointing those out and showing how wrong it is. And that, yeah, you can try to claim ignorance, but no, people knew then they just chose not to do that. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. And, and I know, like, but yeah, it's good teaching, teaching tools for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, like I, I definitely sit back and look and you know, if it's on, you know, if I just happen to be somewhere and there's a TV, you know, I'm like, I just did a few sessions and now I'm sitting in my hotel room and it's like, all right, let me just put on some background noise. It's like, let's put on friends. But if you just watch it passively, you can't, you can't analyze it the way that you're saying. You have to like really sit down and pull it apart. And that's, yeah, I definitely, that's fun. (laughs) No, for sure. For sure. And it's fun, like pointing out, like, you know, I, and I used to say, I get a lot of like people mad when I do this, but I love doing it is being like, you know, friends copied living single. You know that, right? No, it didn't. No, it didn't. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Like <laughs> it copied that. And I'm like, you know, the Beatles, you know, they were copying like little Richard and, and all these other artists, Chuck Berry, like who were doing it better than them, but just didn't get that opportunity. Oh, the yeah. Beatles and Elvis are great. No, no, no. They're, they're yeah, not Elvis greater totally than... stole. He <laughs> totally stole all that. Yeah. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's good to point that out. And it's not necessarily to put someone down, but to show that in every aspect that of, of our society, that, that those barriers and that prejudice is there. Right. And to, to be mindful, like, hey, it still goes on now. And a lot of people want to act like it, it was over. That was in the past. No, it's still happening to this day. Yeah, that's so annoying to me. I, I, there's um, somebody told me a while ago, um, actually a client of mine. He asked me what I do when I'm driving, and I'm like, oh well, you know, I listen to music or whatever. And he's like, oh well, when I drive through different cities, I like to um, I like to put on like the AM radio or you know just listen to whatever they have playing in that area just to see what's going on there. And so the other day I was listening to, uh, it was like some, you know, weird FM channel mm-hmm. driving through, I don't even know, to Louisiana or Arkansas. I think it was Arkansas. <laughs> and um, there was a guy on there and I heard them talking about uh, George Floyd being murdered. Mm-hmm. And the way he was describing it was just so terrible. You know, it's like this Christian, some kind of christian cult or whatever Mm -hmm. and 
you know, they would agree that, yes, what happened in that instance is wrong, but they try to make it seem like, oh, that was just one bad cop. Like, that wasn't just one bad cop, exactly. you know? It's a, it's a system that we have to talk about. And that's why this critical race theory that everyone's talking about now is so important. Mm-hmm. And these folks want to be like, critical race theory, that's terrible. You want to teach these white children to hate themselves? And it's like, we don't want to teach them to hate themselves. They should just know the truth of what happened. That's how you grow. That's how you stop hating yourself Absolutely. and not even knowing why you hate yourself or not even understanding why other people can't stand you. Mm-hmm. They're not being reverse racist against you. There's this thing that happened that continues to happen and nobody wants to talk about it. So it's so crazy to me that like there's all <laughs> all these like, you know, evangelical Christian folks and, and, and these underground white supremacist groups and whatever that are like, they're trying to demonize people for wanting to have a serious discussion about race, about gender, about religion, about everything. And, and they don't they don't want to discuss it. They're like, it's better just not to talk about it because that would make people feel bad. Like who cares if it makes them feel bad? Yeah, and it, exactly. And it's like, that's what we have to do. It's like in anything, yeah, I, I point out to, I point out to people, all right, well, there's a problem here, right? So the car, your car, for instance, is making these noises mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, yeah. I go, so if you ignore it, what's going to happen? Well, it'll just die out. The problem is but my car will die. I go, exactly. So don't you want it until you go and fix it and learn what's right. wrong and learn how to like change it up. It's not going right. to get any better until we acknowledge what has happened yeah. for all these topics. The same pattern keeps repeating. And it's like, guess what? No, uh, there, that whole story of like the, the quote unquote first Thanksgiving and they shared maize like that didn't happen. That's not what happened. Like that's not real. And like start understanding like this because that's the problem, too. There's that. And I would because you made a great point. Like when people say that, like you're going to teach young white kids to to hate themselves. And it's like, no, it's like the actions that they've been seeing throughout generations shows to me a problem that those people have already been hating themselves. And that's why I take it out on everyone else and try to do that. So it's trying to teach them to not hate and to be like, this is not just your land or this is ours. You don't have it more than anyone else. Like we, this is everyone's. Right. Because it's like, it's, it's like the, the anti-critical race theory is what's being taught. It's not like there's nothing being taught. So we have to counteract that because there is this idea that white folks deserve more and that they earned it and that they're better people and all those things. So we have to, we have to stop them from thinking it has to be an active, uh, collective moment you know like we have to do like collective therapy sessions with each other we do (laughs) that's kind of what it is it's going to be this collective therapy where we're like look we have to address this otherwise we're going to remain toxic like they don't understand we're trying to stop their kids from hating themselves because that's why those older folks hold so much aggression and anger and confusion and defensiveness is because they've just, they've never addressed it. So I wish that they could just, it's like, you know, they've taught all these lies and they don't want to tell the truth. Like we never knew about Tulsa. We just had the hundredth anniversary of, of a white mob burning down a successful black neighborhood and killing hundreds of people, including children with the support 
of the the police there. (laughs) Right. We never learned that in school. That's, that's what critical race theory means. It's not to teach people to hate themselves. It's just telling the story that really happened. (laughs) And, And I was lucky for me being that my mom was a history major. So she passed that history Mm. love to me. And, Mm. you know, and that's the thing that's so like appalling is that with all these things, it's always been repeating itself, you know, even going to like Colin Kaepernick and people saying like sports and politics are separate, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, no, when it makes you uncomfortable, it's that way. I go, let's go back to when Jack Johnson Back in the early 1900s, became the first black heavyweight champion. Guess what? A white mob went around and there's big riots across the country. And so many black people got lynched because a black man was the heavyweight champion in boxing. Right. I go, it's always been there. I'm like, it's always been. I go, but when it's convenient for certain people, then it's okay. I'm like, what about when the the president told Joe Lewis he was fighting Max Schmeling, who was a German during like World War II. And they were like, you got to win this fight for America. I'm like, that's not political. <laughs> I'm like, what, what, what is that? I go, that's not political. It's, it's, you know, right. and so many, mo- I go, the miracle on ice when the hype hockey team upset the Soviet Union. I go, why do you think people care about it? Because of the Cold War. I go, if there's no politics involved and it's just, oh, we beat a good hockey team and we keep it moving. I'm like, exactly. th- that's, that's not real. But now that it makes you uncomfortable to see this man kneel, then there's a problem. And, it's not to put anyone down, but it's to say, look at the hypocrisy and we don't get any better. We keep repeating this cycle over and over if we don't sit here and acknowledge these things like we, we just have to. Yeah, and that's why I really respect the white folks who are and and when I say white folks, like I, I want to acknowledge my mother is white. Like I am I, I have a lot of European blood running through my veins, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have more, a drop of African blood, you know? Um, but like, I really appreciate the white folks that are able to step back and be objective and understand that it's not personal and that we could all be free. Like they too are in bondage, just a different type. Mm -hmm. And that if, if we could just step back and look at it, objectively and be honest um that is the way to liberation for all of us so there are a lot of white folks out there that i really 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 appreciate um Mm -hmm. because a lot of times people get confused when i'm so angry about racism they think i hate white people right (laughs) yeah i don't hate white people i hate racists (laughs) exactly exactly and there's a big difference and there's a big difference and it's like and it's like when people get uncomfortable with that, and they sit there and they go, I don't know what to say. Like, even friends, D, I don't know what to say to that. I go, you goddamn right I'm going to be mad. I go, I got every right, right to be mad, and I'm not going to calm down because that's the problem. <laughs> like, like it's just like, well, let it go. I'm not letting this shit go. Like, I'm mad. Yeah. And I'm going to yeah. express that. Like, because it's so many times. And I think that's the thing. And I've, you know, seeing that you have that background of what you studied because – even in that field of psychology and learning about, you know, mental health, the, the, the disparities with people of color with that and trying to, to be a part of that, like solution, it kind of also like gravitated me toward that, like trying to make that, that change. And even telling like people of color, like, no, like we need to address our mental health. We need to 
look, mm-hmm. you know, therapy can be good if we find that right therapist. Like it can be good for you. Like it's that's not the all problem, bad. though. Yeah, it's the that's problem. the problem. Though. It's Find, a problem. Finding the right therapist, finding someone who is not trying to pump you with drugs, someone that is not, um, you know, beholden to this white supremacist, patriarchal, capitalistic, you know, imperialist yeah. method of doing things. Um, because I, I know a lot of people they. It's like they're suffering from what they see happening in the world. And some of these psychologists are trying to make it seem like, you know, it's purely internal. And it's like, no, there's something happening right now. And it's not just me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and to be a person of color and try to find a therapist who's a person of color or at least someone who understands what people of color are going through or will allow them that space to to feel that pain and to work through it that's really hard to do which is why i don't have a therapist nor have i ever had one the only one i ever had was when i was a, a, a girl and immediately i knew like this middle-aged white lady don't know what i'm talking about right now yeah. <laughs> she has no idea what i'm saying and i'm the opposite where i struggled with like finding a couple but then I did find somebody and I still am with her to this day. And she's someone who is an older Italian white lady, but who also was an activist and marched for civil rights, mm. marched for women's rights. So it is mm. hard, but it is also asking those right questions. And and we have to go into all these processes of looking to eliminate. So you try to see, like, look for those red flags. And if they don't answer that, then okay. Like, Thanks you for talking to me or sorry to waste your time if you, I did, but, uh, you know, it's to look for that to keep like, we have to know that, what questions to ask, shall I say. Right, right, right. Because quickly they want to interview you and you're like, whoa, 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 hold on. Exactly. I'm trying to interview you right now. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, and, and it's, those, it's those questions. We have to know the right questions to ask. And that's kind of how we help to eliminate the, the, the wasting of time or the letdown is by you know because sometimes those red flags are there not just with there just with people you know and, yeah. and and those red flags are there and we choose to ignore them and it's like well we saw like the shiny stuff that cooked us but we didn't look we weren't trying to eliminate and see like hey do you these are the things that i i just don't want in a relationship of any kind whether it's a therapist romantic friendship business partner i don't want these things and if we see that someone is showing these things and eh, eh, Gotta, we gotta stop it. Well, and, and that's where my issue comes in, um, because I'm thinking of client provider relationship. Like, if you follow me at all, <laughs> you know I'm pretty vocal yeah. about things. Um, and you know I've had a lot of people say like, "Look, look, look! Don't get your personal life mixed up with your professional life." Or Look, 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 they're clients, they're paying, like your job is to do this. And I'm just like, I believe in energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like, I just don't want to have somebody with that kind of energy being in my space, uh, whether they're paying me or not. So I'm just pretty open about everything from the very beginning. I feel like I just want to be transparent because that will get these people out of my life like they won't even bother hitting me up you know right um because i just i have 
being being who I am, it's like I get a lot of um, <laughs> I'm I'm considered exotic. Like I hate that term, mm-hmm. but I'm considered exotic, and I just realize like there's so many of these white guys that are just fetishizing me. Um, right. You know, even black men too, or mm-hmm. or Hispanic men. It's just like I'm like somewhere in the middle, so I can be exotic for anybody, and. I just don't want to deal with that kind of energy of like, I haven't had too many white guys try to bring it to a racial level, but I have had some and I'm like, I'll do race play, but only if it's like anti-racist race play. Like, that's right. the only way I'll do it. No, you know? absolutely. And- um, but, but that's, that's the struggle that I'm having now is how to, how to be my authentic self, but not sabotage my business. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the struggle that a lot of people, like a lot of people of color have in the workplace, in, yeah. in, in society. And that's something that it's why, like, when people like we just were talking about, like, oh, wow. Like, no, it's not hating white people. It's hating racist because those are questions that, like, yourself or, like, myself have to answer when we are looking at our business or in society, whatever the case Mm -hmm. it's, I want to be who I am, not harming anyone, just being myself. But then will I be denied opportunities to make a living or to live the life that I'm trying to live? Because all I'm doing is being naturally who I am, not hurting anybody, just being different than who you are. And and as one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you, because I know even back, you know, about, you know, close to a decade ago, uh, session wrestlers when I started session wrestling they would tell me they were like they were like kind of like wow like because at the time you know I'm in a few weeks I'll tell my age in a few weeks I'll be 32 so at the time I was like 22 23 and you're a baby you're younger <laughs> than me <laughs> I, you carry yourself with such a presence and you have so much knowledge I assume that you were older <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I, no, that means a lot. I appreciate it. See, I, I let you in. I, I told you. I, I I felt the connection. So I was like, all right. Because I do try to like mask it. I like to like play around. People are like, how old are you? I go, how old do you think I am? So <laughs> I like to play. But I was like, no, I'll, I'll, I'll tell Miss Feisty what's going on. But it, it was just interesting to get like responses. Like when I would like come to like the, the, the studio door, the hotel room door. And then, wow, I didn't expect you to 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 be who you are and i'm like and i already knew like that's that's code for so i but like i could have just kept uh-huh. it moving, but i would go like well, what what did you expect and it'd be right. like uh and i knew and i'm like you expected me to be white <laughs> and then i'm like let's just get to the conversation and then they were like well yeah mostly it's like older frail white guy and i'm you know a broad shouldered <laughs> guy so they're like you're young and you're black and you're like like a, mm-hmm. a strong guy, like I didn't expect that, and I go, yeah, yeah, well, full of, full of surprises, I guess. But like, right. <laughs> so I, I just you know, as someone who was just, you know, a customer in the session wrestling, I would get that. So I, it gravitated. Like one of the many reasons was how, like, knowing your story of how that is being a person of color who is a session wrestler, and I feel like we're seeing a little bit more than like a decade ago, but it's still not. Not, not a lot. No, no. And that was, I was just at a seminar recently. Um, Jennifer Thomas and Des yeah. Desire. Yeah, she, Jen um, Thomas was on a couple of weeks ago to talk about it. Oh, was she? Mm-hmm. I love Jen. She's Jen's so amazing. One of my favorite people. Yeah. Oh, uh, she's so amazing. She's just such a sweetheart. And because she's such a sweetheart, she's got so many haters. There's like these guys that are 
mad that she's thriving and building an empire and that she's, you know, so sweet yet so fucking powerful and that she's not going to let them take advantage of her. Um, and, and she's just got these guys who are hating and it's <laughs> really sad to me. So I try to have her back in, in all that, but, um, I'm not going to name any names here. <laughs> no, I got but, you. Um, <laughs> but um, she and Des had a had a seminar recently, and um, it was a little different than I had expected because I think that there was meant to be more structure. But I think the women that attended, they really had to vent about their experiences as session wrestlers, and so it ended up being much more casual, maybe something more like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was a lot more that I, uh, you know, I want to get to like a lot more the meat of the, of the situation, but I did get to discuss with them um, the racism within session wrestling, because if we live in a racist society, then racism is going to be everywhere. It's going right. to permeate every corner and every crevice, um, including these fetish worlds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm happy to see, the women of color that are doing this work, you know, and I actually have women of color that I meet where I'm like, Hey, you got to get into this. Like you're big, you're strong. You're, you know, you're not only strong physically, but mentally, like we need more women of color in this industry. Um, because I just don't see that many women of color. Um, and coming from the guys, there's so much racism to the few women of color that there are, at least I have experienced it. I have asked other women of color in this industry and they say that they're not getting it as, as much, but I think that's because I'm a little bit more vocal mm-hmm. um, from the beginning. But then also when I receive, you know, some nastiness from them, I get, I get a little crazy. <laughs> yeah. um, so I just, I've, you know, I've literally had people say N words to me and mm. try to tell me that like, I'm not worth my asking price or like the thing that I hate the most is when guys will message, like I ask them their stats. I want to know how much they weigh and mm-hmm. how, how tall they are, because if they want to do like lift and carry or they want to do a boxing session, like I want to know how big you are. Right. And it's like, they love to say like white male, like handsome white male. And I'm like, who fucking cares if you're white? Right. I don't care. Like, That's not are what you asked. That? And, That's and- not what I'm asking for. Who cares? <laughs> I, I don't discriminate in the way that you think that I'm going to like, they're just so used to have, you know, having that as an upper hand for them. Like they think it's going to, I don't know what they think it's going to do. I, I think that they think some women won't even see men of color. I think that maybe they think it'll get them a different kind of session or maybe a different rate or maybe a quicker response or just whatever in general that their white privilege brings them they feel like they have to state that. And I just get so disgusted with guys who do that. And I'll say to them directly, like, I don't care if you're a white man. I don't care. Right. Because do they do that? Because that's a very common thing to ask for stat. Like most session wrestlers do. And most like doms, whoever working that like feel like do, especially when you're doing physical stuff like mm-hmm. that. And do they say that to all the other session wrestlers? Like, I, I'd be curious. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, I haven't even thought about that. Yeah. If it's a white woman, are they telling her that? I don't know. Yeah. I, I have no idea. Or if it's a black, uh, you know, a darker skinned black woman, are they telling her that? I have no idea. I think that that's just something that they like, 
they they want to pretend like, hey, it doesn't matter that I'm a white guy. What's the difference? It's like, but the, why would you say that? Right. It's <laughs> like you're, you're making you it matter. Know. Yeah, you're making it matter. You know it matters. That's why you're saying it, because you know that it does. Like, as if I couldn't tell from your name. I mean, come on. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, it's it's just, it's so frustrating to me when they, when they do that. And, you know, so yeah, I do, I see, I had someone recently, he is the partner of someone who's in the business and, mm-hmm. um, he said something along the lines. I don't even think that he was aware that what he was saying was racist or extremely offensive, but something along the lines of like, you know, you know, the white girls, they charge too much uh, for, you know, whatever kind of, I think it was like, you know, maybe some fetish work or porn stuff or whatever it is. Oh, they charge too much. And they think, but the black girls, they know, they know about the industry. They know they better take what they can get. And I'm just like, what? Wow. What did you just say? I'm like, I don't even think <laughs> he didn't even mean it in that way, but like we didn't have a chance to sit down and dissect what he said. And it's just to me that just like summed up everything, you know? That's that's why people that's why some of these guys I end up not having sessions, like I lose out on money because I'm like, no, I'm not gonna take less than what I know I'm worth, you know. Right. Um which you think I'm worth? I'm not doing that, you know. So that happens a lot. But I, I, I also have a lot of guys who completely respect me and they understand my perspective and they see that I'm what I'm outspoken about, and that's what they appreciate about me. So I'm just going to continue to like be me because if it means I lose some clients, whatever, I don't care. Like it's not worth it to me. But you know, it's the truth. We talked about it. Like, and it's, it's all connected. Even like talking about like those nineties, those classic nineties sitcoms. And it's almost like we, we, we don't have to, but like we, we have that obligation to, because it, it keeps promoting that, you know, if you're not saying that, or uh, I try to on this podcast or different, have these conversations, if we're not talking about it, then like it, it keeps that perception of whether like, like people sometimes realize it, sometimes they don't, but are like, who gives anybody the right to say how much you're worth or how much? Yeah, I'm only worth. me. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's what that, like when you have these, the, the prejudice and the, the, the bigotry and, and all that stuff it that's the negative effect where it does that when the people who are on the negative side of it, like receiving it, it makes them lower their self-worth. It makes it's a conversation I kind of have to even have with people in my own family who are older, where we're talking about, you know, and this is not a political show, but it kind of is, I guess, in a way, this episode. But like, we're everything's political. Except, sadly, everything's sadly political. It sadly, it is. I mean, and when I say political, I, I more mean like it's social. social. Like, yeah, it's social. not even political. I'm not talking about any kind of parties right now or politicians. Like, it's social. People confuse social uh, and civics with politics. That's right. the problem. Right. And they're they're too intertwined, but it's, it's like, um, having that conversation and seeing that, that, Hey, I, I did it growing up and trying to stop it. But with people like from my parents to like aunts and uncles, my grandparents were alive. It's always, we'll just be happy with what you get. 
be happy to uh, take that. Just be, yeah. you know, and we're talking about, you know, hey, we want to, you know, this injustice. And it's like, well, hey, what? They, they had that kind of verdict or that reaction or they're not doing this. Well, at least it's better than, than nothing. And it's like, no, that's yeah. the mindset we have to stop because then to the counterpoint, our fellow white citizens, you see, they don't have that mindset. They're not just no. like, take what we can get. It is like, no. This is our country, blah, blah, blah. They don't have that, but we're in that trained mindset of Mm -hmm. just be happy with the scraps, whatever you can get, and just keep it moving. And something that we have to, like, know, like, no one's going to define our self-worth. Only we can. Only we can. Exactly. Well, this is a conversation I was trying to have with, um, so I was upset a few weeks ago because I had a pretty messed up incident, um, you know, at a hotel I was staying at. in Nashville. It was a Hilton. Um, I stay there a lot. So I got like the, you know, diamond member status or whatever. (laughs) And uh, I laid out by the pool and, you know, I know I'm pushing the, I'm pushing my boundary or the boundaries by laying at the pool topless. I know I'm not supposed to, especially in (laughs) Tennessee. Like I know that, but there was a lot of things that people wasn't supposed to do, but it was immoral just because it's illegal, you know, like, like illegal and immoral is not the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, it was a, a young black man who was telling me I had to cover up by the pool and man, but don't you understand that's the law. And it's like, yeah, but the law was that your grandparents weren't able to sit by this pool because they were black. Mm-hmm. So should they have just left? Like, I should just cover up because that's what the patriarchy says, that my my breasts are weapons now. Right. Like, I shouldn't have to do that. We should push the boundaries. My breasts are not weapons. And I want to sit by the pool. And unfortunately, I'm by myself, so I'm not very powerful right now. Um, You know, there's bigger movements. And I knew that that wasn't really the place. But trying to explain that to that man, like, no, you cannot just accept what is given to you. You can't just accept the status quo. You must push the boundaries and question what is legal and what is moral. Right. And, you know, unfortunately it was his job. And so he's having to do the same thing that we're talking about right now, which is like, okay, do I call the cops on you and kick your ass out of here for a decent exposure Mm -hmm. uh, and keep my job? Or do I, you know, do we bump fists and march out of here with our fists up? Like, what do we do? I, you know, he can't do that for me. It's, it's, yeah. And it's the the questions that we've always had to ask people of color or, and it goes to the people, it comes to race, sexuality, religious people have always had to ask those questions but it seems like a lot of people are now starting to have the conversation, which is a shame, but you know, what, what it took to even have the conversation. I was getting a call. Are you still there? Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, oh yeah. I'm still here. Okay. Got it. Sorry. But no, no, it's just, it's a shame that we kind of, we're just starting to have the conversations now in the, in the past, you know, this past year. And uh, yeah, it shows how just I, far we still would always will have to go. And always will have to go. Yeah. And I just, I, I see like right now in the session, I don't even want to say specifically session wrestling world, but I just want to say like in the adult entertainment industry in general, that like there's a lot of talk against the patriarchy, but people aren't talking so much about racism, you know, and that bothers me. And that's what I had to bring up at the seminar that I was at, which is like, you know, y'all talked a lot about men this and men that and men this. And again, not that we hate men. We hate the patriarchy. We hate misogyny. That's what we right. don't like. Um, but there was a lot of, you know, I was I was in a room full of 
mostly white women. It was like me and one other woman of color and someone else, uh, two other people, you know, questionable, maybe, you know, a white Hispanic person or uh, an Asian woman. But it was like, we were all talking. We were given the mic to speak, but people went on and on about themselves. And then I was the last person in line. And so I was the last person to speak. And I'm like, do y'all see how you all usurp this time and now when the woman of color who has a lot to say it's her turn she doesn't get to say nothing because the time is gone can y'all see how you did that yeah yeah so you know if we want to talk about patriarchy we also have to talk about the other isms you know as well and i just it's 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 very hard to discuss it so i just feel like it's like a like my name is feisty feminista you know at some point i called myself a feminist but, you know, uh, you know, black women would say, you're not a feminist, you're a womanist, you know? Yeah. Because feminism was a white woman's movement because at the end of the day, uh, they would choose their white men over black women. <laughs> that's absolutely. And, and that's unfortunate. But, but I was also having the conversation today um, with one of the women actually who was at the seminar um, because I was hearing Charlemagne speak uh, today about something mm-hmm. and he was being critical of women who are on OnlyFans, and so that i was informed that actually he's a huge misogynist and so something that i also saw a lot and that's kind of what pulled me back from the anti-police brutality movement that i was doing in new york city is that unfortunately black men then adopt the misogyny that they were taught from these european white men you know and so here, here you have black men who are being oppressed and, and they, they want to oppress black women. <laughs> yeah, and it's so, like, yeah. can't, can't y'all see that you're doing the same thing to us that you don't want done to you? Why are you like, how are well, you doing that? Why are you doing that? They're not able well, to break it down. And it's, maybe, it's, um, as a man of color, maybe you can explain it to me. Yeah. It's well, it's something that is, is the truth that, um, what they've like you saw that a lot and I, I hate even using this term because like that wasn't what a lot of those protests were like last summer but like people were like the looting like the looting in, in the cities and it's like well who taught us that and that's the yeah. thing it's kind of like it's yeah. what was shown and for me it was something where from cousins of mine of different friends and there, there's been a lot of like articles and even like documentaries on you know black women having that struggle with hip-hop where it's like they yeah. grew up loving it, but then they're, yeah. they're saying the lyrics, and the lyrics are demeaning to them. And yeah, I'm like, what as, am I talking about? <laughs> yeah, but, but it's like that's that's what they grew up with. That's what they hear right. at the right. at the at the barbecue, at the parties in the neighborhood. What they're playing in the car. That's it's a part of them. But yeah, it's something mm-hmm. that is kind of putting it. Not kind of. A lot of times it is putting them them down, and it is something that it is that tightrope that we as men need to walk and as black men which is like we can still be masculine but not misogynist yes that's you so know, good i'm you, so glad you said that we don't have to lose it's not one or the other and so many times because now you're kind of here and i think it's good to hear people starting to come back with that because there's like toxic masculinity it kind of meant like all masculinity is bad and that's not true that's no. not true at all. But like, <laughs> that's kind of what was being put out there that all mass. So then it was like, well, if, right. if you showed anything masculine, it's automatically toxic. And 
we we don't need to kind of put that narrative out there. You can be masculine and still compassionate and still understanding. And, you know, no matter what your sexual preference is, no one is your property. No one is your, you don't need to, you don't need to yeah. demean anyone, you know, in either way. And it's something because you said it, like how awesome Jen Thomas is. And for those who have listened, like they know what session wrestling and kink has done for like my life personally and how I, I do love it. Cause it's been like such an awesome experience for me and like such a great like gateway to meet people and to be kind of introduced to a cool community. So it's mm-hmm. not knocking it, but it's also being real about it and talking to Jen, you know, when she came to, I'm, I live in the Philly area. So she came to Philly in April and having conversations with her about that and being like, Hey, you know, it's a shame, like that there's men who are coming out there and instead of just being like, Hey, like, which I think she does get, and I'm trying to be, I want her to know. And she knows I'm one of those where it's not, I'm here to just support. It's not you ladies need to be running this. Like the women need to be running session wrestling mm. and stuff like that. Not like no guy needs to be like, well, I need to get me a piece of that and try to get in there. It's like, how can I help? How can I show support? Mm-hmm. How can I, and be like, no, like the ways to like, kind of talk about, Hey guys, how do we conduct ourselves when we're sending these emails from like, from the mm-hmm. jump? How do we conduct ourselves when we're at a session? How do we, you know, understanding that's part of the reason why I like doing this podcast is to show the human side, number one, because of the taboo of like your journeys and how you guys have it's real the bravery to do what you're doing, but also how much like effort and work. It's not just people just see a clip for sale or you guys are in like these hotel rooms or studios to do sessions and think, oh, okay, <laughs> that's just it. And, Blah, blah, blah. Like the travel and, and the different like you guys are running businesses and it puts a lot of effort and time into it. And you guys are enjoying it. But we need to respect that time and respect that. Like, yes, this is a business and everyone can have a great time. and can have a great experience, but it's a business and we need to respect that. Don't demean somebody by being like, oh, you can do this for free or do this for $50. Do you know what someone had to go through to travel to get to your? Mm-hmm. Do you know that, hey, if you see them at eight o'clock at night, that they've probably seen at minimum like 10 other people before you and having to have the energy to to still make you feel like you were the only person they saw all day? Like that takes yeah. a lot of effort and talent. And mm-hmm. we don't need to like, the, we need to show respect for that. So it's, you're still a man, you know? By respecting women. And I know that sounds so simple. And some people are like, oh, I know that. But it's like, and it's always, we, I have to always check myself. It's like, do we really? Like, do we really? Like, because then it's also understanding, like, don't take it personal. Okay. Because you don't demean women. When women talk about this, listen to it. Don't take it. Per- okay. So you don't say racist comments. But when people of color are talking about that, we need to listen because you don't know that experience. You don't know what they've exactly. gone through. So we need to just sit there and be understanding. It's not a personal shot. And you know what? Sometimes if you are feeling guilty, maybe like or like upset, look at the person in the mirror and being like, well. What more could you be doing? Or yeah, <laughs> what, what more could you have done in the past? Maybe you're thinking, oh, That's OK. Right. And what more can you be doing now? Because none of That's us right. want to feel that way. Mm-mm. You know, none of us want to feel ostracized or unheard or like we're less than. 
I just want to hug you right now because you just, <laughs> I'm serious because you just said all the things, you know, that I'm feeling just like there's, there's so much work that goes into this business that no one's thinking about. And there's so many time wasters and there's people who send these really long emails and I'm like, sir, I don't want to ignore you, but I can't read that right now. Right. Do you exactly. understand? Do you understand how busy I am? I'm booking hotels. I'm coordinating with other session wrestlers. I'm editing videos. I'm editing pictures. I'm posting on several different platforms. I'm trying to run a clip store. I'm trying to keep track of my finances. I'm, I have to plan my route to where I'm going. I've got emails back and forth with people. I'm doing podcasts. Like there's right. so much happening. Absolutely. <laughs> like, it's just so easy as just showing up. And like you said, it's like, don't take it personal, sir. I'm not saying that it's you. I'm just saying that this is what's going on. And here's how you could be better. You know, like guys are like, hey, that's not me. Okay, that's not you. But I bet you've heard something like that before. Mm -hmm. I bet you've seen a man be disrespectful before. What did you say? Absolutely. Don't just leave it up to me to put him in his place. Don't leave that burden on me. I feel like it's your, your position to stop those men from doing that because then they make you look bad. And I won't have to tell you about how you're being if you stop them from being that way. Like, oh, I feel like sure. it's, it's, yeah, it's like, it's the guy's responsibility. So just hearing you speak that way, I'm just like, it makes me feel like you're one of those guys that would hear <laughs> a man say something that's really wrong and just be like, mm, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to stop you right there. <laughs> oh, yeah, because, and I appreciate that. And I, and, and I say that because like, I, I have a, you know, I have, women, you know, cousins who are women, friends who are women. I have a five-year-old niece. Sweet. And I, I you know, know that the world's not going to be perfect for her and all that stuff. Like, I'm not naive, but, like, no, I don't want her. If I can say something and do my little part to make the world better for her and for everyone else, for, you know, I have a goddaughter. You know, all my friends have, like, Little girl, like, I, I don't want that for them. And, like, right. yeah, like, you have to check. I, like, people say, like, oh, you at the gym? Did you go talk to that girl? No, I didn't. Because, sadly, I know my intentions are, are good and pure. I know I know how to act. But how many guys have gone over and said something inappropriate? Or mm -hmm. she said no, and then, like, a guy followed her to her car and kept being. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, nah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't blame her. I don't take it personal. Because how many times, like, I don't know her story of how many guys have oogled at her at the gym and stuff. And maybe <laughs> yes. I, I, I just want to say, like, hey, you know, oh, I like your 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 Marvel, you know, uh, keychain. Like, you know, I like superheroes, <laughs> too. A lot of times, see, that's what it is. It's like, oh, this is really, I like your, like, the, I like those Nikes and those Jordans. Like, those are cool. But I'm yeah. like, ah. Cause I'll be like, I'll walk over. I'm like, Hey, and you get that face. And I go, nah, I get it. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> and I'll, I'm kind of like, Hey, no, nah, I just want to say cool shoes and I'm gonna keep yeah. moving. And they're like, Oh, well, thank And they kind of like, Oh, and I'm like, nah, I'll just keep moving. Like, I, I get it. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to do that. Like those shoes are cool. Or yeah, I like, I like Iron Man too. I'm with you. Like, right on. Like, and those are the guys that we like, the ones that don't linger. It's like, look, if there wasn't a, like, I just wish that guys would go by that kind of um etiquette which is like look 
I don't want to be hit on all the time, but obviously we we're we're in public spaces and we're we're looking certain ways to attract certain attention for certain kinds of people. Mm-hmm. Just because I dress sexy doesn't mean I'm dressing sexy for you. Right. I may be dressing sexy for another man or a woman or just myself. Maybe it's just hot, you know? Mm-hmm. But like if you see me and I look interesting to you, whether you thought I was sexy or I had that cool keychain or you liked my sneakers or you were interested in like the that workout I was doing and you want to know how to do it too, you know, <laughs> it's like, let that connection happen. If you look at me and I look back at you and we make some kind of contact and you feel that vibe, then go with it. If it's not there, keep it moving. Right. <laughs> just, Absolutely. Would it be creepy? And like, you can see that I'm not interested. Just go, just keep it. <laughs> somebody else might be interested you know but it's unfortunate that guys like yourself who are not trying to do that creepy thing can't make the possible connections that are available because you know what what we may have experienced like that's what i try to tell i mean i'm from new york city right so right just walking in the streets of new york you're gonna have guys all day saying something to you and it's like well why do you have to act like that like do you know how many times i've heard that today do you know how many men have said that to me? I'm just trying to get home, right. you know, and and I wish that they could be more understanding. So, yeah, I unfortunately I, I mean, a lot of women say that in the, in the session world, they say that they get more good guys than bad guys. Lately, I've been feeling I get so many more bad guys. And I don't know if it's because of the things that I say publicly or the way that I react to them. Like, I don't even know if these are the same people. Like there's no way because there's no kind of like, um, what do you call it? Verification or anything, mm-hmm. or there isn't like a mainstream platform that we use that we can screen people. Right. Like anyone can make up a new email or a new True. phone number True. and continue to contact me and harass me for something I did two years ago. And they're the person like, I have several people like that. They continue to harass me. Some of them don't even change their numbers. And I'm like, I, you know, I, some of them I block, some of them I don't, but it's just like, what is with this? Like, why do you find joy out of making me feel bad? You know? So yeah, it, it just, it sucks that we have those guys because I really enjoy what I do. I love to wrestle. I had no idea that I even like this. <laughs> I am doing it. I really love it. And I just wish that you had a better way to, you know, speed up out the guys that are kind of there's so many good guys out there I want to be in touch with. Speaking of which, you said you're in Philly. Yes. Yeah. I really soon. Like, are we going to have a session? <laughs> I, I would be down to have, I would love that, honestly. It'd be so great. That would be so great. It'd be great. It'd be great to have a session and just really get, because I really do just like respect you. Like, and like, just to get to like, say like, Hey, like, cause like, it's like, yeah, it'd be cool. It'd be cool in any way just to connect and say hi. Like, so I, if that's through a second, I obviously like, yes, like you, you love sessions. I love sessions. Like, but it's, it's really like awesome. Like it's, it, I would love that. So no, if you, you're in Philly, you better believe I'm down just to say, Hey, because like, I really like admire, like I admire all the ladies who are, are in this and like really like are doing it and put the passion in and the love for it. But like you're, you're, you are a trailblazer. 
<laughs> and that's that's saying the honest truth. Like you are, and like, and so sad that like when you're a trailblazer, you're gonna get that like people are gonna like go against it because they're not used to that, and it's not the status. But you are touching and helping out like so many people out there, and like I I want to like in any way encourage like yeah keep going. And, 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 and to tell other guys, cause there are, I do believe when it comes to this like community, there's, there's more good guys than there are the negative ones, but yeah. we need to say like, Hey, if, if you're hearing, you know, people in forums, I'm not the biggest form guy. Um, like that's not, but like, if you hear people in form, you're, if you know people, you're talking to people and they're doing that kind of stuff, be like, yo, bro, I'm going to out you. You got to go yeah. like you're 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 making you're bringing this down because we all know we don't want those. You know, you would hate it to hear. Oh, so and so was an amazing session wrestler. Why did she quit? She was dealing with too many of those just those jackass. Exactly. Guys. And exactly. it's like that just drove her away. And then, you know, then it's like, oh, man. Well, I, well, yeah, well, we all need to say something and be like, yo, to these douchey guys, call them out. Put it up on session girls and be like, yo, you got to go because and that's ruin it for everyone who purely do want to connect on that like human level and really enjoy it. Like then it ruins it for everybody. Like we don't we don't want that. That's right. Because I've, I've had. Guys, so, you know, I was communicating with two different session wrestlers today. Uh, one of them, I will say her name, uh, Christy Etzold. Yes, um, she was on in her, April. Oh, was she? Yeah. Uh, love Christy. Um, she just there's I'm trying to get her to be more of an activist, more of like a women's power, black power. <laughs> she's working with me. I'm teaching her a lot. She's awesome. She's teaching me a lot, too, because she's been doing this for like 20 something years. Oh, yeah. You know, she's, she's a legend. A, she's a legend. She's <laughs> she's a living legend. She likes Absolutely. to say that. Yes. But I just I love Christy so much. Me and her have a lot of fun together. Like we just vibe really well. Um and so she's been doing this for a long time and she's able to just like, you know, push those people to the side. Cause she's very high energy. She's a very happy type of person and she doesn't let too much stuff get to her. So that's cool. Um, but I did speak to another woman today who she's pretty new to the industry and actually she's going to be retiring because I would say partly because she has a child and she's doing, you know, putting her focus elsewhere, but also I would probably say, she might have experienced some of this that we're talking about, you know. So it is sad to see somebody who's so cool um, leave so soon, just because, you know, it's it's it could be it could be str- <laughs> it could be stressful. People ask me a lot, you know, about my work mm-hmm. um, because I'm pretty open and honest about it. And right. Like, so you just meet strange guys in hotel rooms. So you just, you know, and like I did cuddling for a while too. You know, I also do. Um, you know, I I won't go into it too much because I don't know who's listening. But um, yeah, you know, I'm, I I I dabble in many realms of the adult entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are just like, oh my god, how do you feel? You just strange guys, and you just it's like that's not the part of all my love meeting guys that I've never met before, getting to know them and having a wonderful experience with them, and they go away feeling happy. It's the vetting process to get into that part. That is the struggle. <laughs> That's mm. the part that is really hard to do, you know. But no, having, for sure. 
Having sessions with so many guys, whether it be Taiwan or massage or social wrestling, um, I, I've had a couple guys just be like, you changed my life, or you got me out of a point of depression, or that's the best day I've ever had in my whole, like, in my recent memory. And I was like, really? Oh my God, that makes me feel so good that I can do that. To yeah. Um, that's the effect it, it does have. And, and I, I told Jen Thomas when I saw her in April and also when she was on the podcast right before the, the, the Tampa seminar, like the, you know, she'll never, especially her being such a legend. It seemed like the Christy Etzel, like, I don't think they'll ever fully know the lives that they have saved and changed for the yeah. better. Yeah. And I told her, like, including myself, like, including myself, like, for for having, like, this platform and for having that real, like, to really get there, have, like, that real connection with someone who no one's thinking, you know, the other person is weird. We It's like, hey, we have we have this bond and and mm-hmm. and it's it's just like and you have just such an amazing experience. And I'm like, how can someone try to damper that because to me especially when i started doing like session wrestling like it would blow me away that like all right have it booked for an hour and i, I whether it be a christy Etzold or when i you know a jen thomas or someone else you know uh, uh amazon amanda and i'm i'm just enjoying the i'm lost in the time and <laughs> i'm feeling like oh like we're the only two people on earth or something like, it's just a great time and then they were like all right well hey it was great you know and i'm thinking boy what it must have been like six hours and it's like nine o'clock <laughs> on the dot and i'm like how do you do that because like i'm like we were engaged to hold there's no like clock watching there's none of that but i was like i just lost so much track of time i'm like i'm, just a, I'm like uh sorry at eight it must be like 1 a.m right now right and it's like nope, <laughs> nine o'clock on the dot and i'm like whoa but like that's a special skill to make someone feel like oh like like so focused so attentive and like to really do that, but also like you have a schedule, you know, you have things, whether you have a, another session afterwards or, Hey, you've, you've done nine or 10 that day. And that person's the last one. And you, you want to unwind and rest. Cause you have another day right. full of like sessions tomorrow. Like, but to make someone feel like, and I've never had a negative session in it's nine years. I I've never had a negative one. And oh, that's, that's so good. That's like amazing, like that, like people, and and part of me kind of wonders. I I don't I don't know. Like I know you've been traveling, but like I wonder if the vetting because you're going to get new people. But like if you start, you know, you go to cities and like you kind of can build that like that base of like guys you've seen and you had a great time with. Like, does that make it any easier, or is it still kind of a hard vetting process, no matter what? I mean, just because, you know, like I'm I'm going to be 35 this year, you know, okay, so um, we're close in age. We're close. Yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to be 35 and I'm very new to this industry. Like I spent several years being an activist, which is was unpaid work and then living off grid in New Mexico. So um, being so new and then just thinking like, I want to I want to stack some money. I want to figure out how to invest. I'm just mm-hmm. like hustling right now, you know? So I really can't afford to ignore opportunities. 
but um i definitely have to be better at just recognizing like oh this person is here to waste my time and it's kind of hard like i even i dealt with three different time wasters today like someone on twitter that i was going to do some content with you know and like I'm asking, well, what do, you, what do you pay? And like, well, so what are you offering? And like, here are my rates. And it's like, well, let's talk. And then they spend 15 minutes, you know, just talking, talking, talking. And then as soon as I try to speak, he's cutting me off. And I'm like, why do you get to speak at length? And I don't get to talk. And then he was upset that I was being forward and saying like, I don't think that's fair. So he got all pissed off. At me. Oh, <laughs> like that didn't, that didn't seem like it was going to turn out to be a bad experience, but it was. And then I had somebody else who reached out to me yesterday who, wanted to book a session. And then after we discussed rates and such, and it's like just a few emails back and forth. And I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. That's just too much. Like you want to box me. You want to punch me in my face. Right. And you think that my rate is too high. I'm sorry. I know what goes into that. I do training. I have to buy the equipment. Like it's an, it's an extreme sport. Like, what do you want? You know? Um, and I didn't think that that person was going to be that way. And then there was somebody else and I forget who the heck it was, but, um, you know, fortunately for me, I do have regulars and that makes things very pleasant. So I know that there's cities that I can go to where I can go have fun in the city and then also see people there. And I have a lot of, uh, very generous clients that I see that mm-hmm. understand that what I do is really difficult and they're really appreciative of how I make them feel. And they make my time, you know, even if I have to drive five or 10 hours to come see them, they make it very worthwhile. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't still be doing this if it wasn't <laughs> right. Right. If it, if it wasn't enjoyable or if I didn't feel like, you know, extreme uh, satisfaction from it, because it goes both ways. Like, you know, of course, the guy is feeling really amazing, uh, but I am, too. And not just because I'm getting paid for it, but because it really feels good to make somebody feel good and and to have a great workout and to sweat with someone and to get to know somebody in such a short time. Like it feels really good. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> it, it's, it's kind of, it is, which wow. Cause what you said, mate, it's like, I'm not going to say it's equal. I'm not like ranking, but it's, it's, it's kind of the same way of like, when you were talking about your like global travels and music and food. And like, when you're doing something like this, like, when you're like wrestling with someone, that's its own language in itself. Like it's like, Oh, that's such a good point. You know, like it's that kind of connection. Like, yeah. Like it brings people together. I I know I've talked to people with, with disabilities who, who are, have done this and like, just that, like that intimate connection feel and that someone is like actually like touching them and they're in that kind of a way. And like a feeling that like, yeah, I talked to somebody who like only person who touched him kind of similar was like his his nurse, like who was his aide, like and it wasn't it was like for his health. So to finally have mm-hmm. that like was like life changing for that person, and like it, it, it yeah. is like you're you're having that kind of connection that is just so. I don't know. I wish some people like you could tell them like what it is like like but I don't I don't have I know I don't have the words like it's just it's amazing like every single time. I still have the same feeling like if I see you like, you know, hopefully I will. Like when you come to Philly, I get the same like great like butterflies of like excitement that I did that first time July <laughs> of 2012 
Like, <laughs> it's the same feeling. Like, and I'm just like, and I'll be honest, Feisty, I say the same thing. Like, I can't believe I, I get to do this. Like, and like, I'm lucky to do this. Like, this is so cool. Like, like, and it's always, I tell you what, too, I should always take, like, I wish I could, like, like a before and after, because it's like that smile, like, I mean, like that, like, giddy like yay and then afterwards it's like that like oh like ecstasy kind of like smile afterwards like this was like but like no sex happened it's just like this is the most amazing feeling like and i was kind of like floating right yeah i yeah that's oh i really (laughs) i really love that she said that i I cut up so and that's also why I give um discounted rates to people with disabilities or anyone mm-hmm. who's like, you know, transgender or non-binary um just because I feel like it's not fair that those folks don't get the attention or the love or the touch that um other people do just because they are so-called able-bodied. Right. You know? Right. So um, I do virtual sessions with people. I actually have several clients who have cerebral palsy, mm. um, but but some of those guys, um, I cuddle with them. Like I have a guy who I cuddle with and we, we cuddle publicly. And I really like that. Because That's awesome. People, <laughs> they watch us and they're wondering like, what is going on here? You know? And it just makes me feel really good to, I mean, this man is, in a wheelchair he doesn't speak he i mean you can look clearly and be like what are these two people doing together you know mm-hmm. and i'm just hugging him and holding him and it feels so good to let people see that like yes he deserves to be touched too he deserves to experience love too you know and mostly we get really great looks, but sometimes people look baffled. <laughs> no, that's um, that's good. Like, I like that. Like, because they're the weird ones, the people who look baffled, not you guys. Like, yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> I have to say, I'm a little jealous that you've known about this for so much longer than I did. <laughs> uh, it, I was I was getting arrested uh, several times a week or a month. Uh, when you started your sessions, <laughs> okay, no, that's no. what I was doing. Yeah, when well, you were out there, you were you were fighting a, a bigger fight. You know, that's, that's what you were <laughs> a doing. different kind of fight, right? Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I it, it um I was talking to Hans uh, off the air like the other night, and just like how much it's grown like in like just this past like decade or like when I first like went to like college, like in 07 and like just discovering YouTube and seeing these videos. And cause I knew no one who did like everyone I knew around me was vanilla, like just and mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with being vanilla, like no judgment, but like it, they made, they laughed at me. I can tell you that. And, um, it, Oh, you discussed your, your, uh, I, I, fight, fight fetish with them. I I'll be. I told this. Um, I was on Michaela Miles's podcast like earlier this week as a guest, actually. And oh, I I haven't got to meet her yet. I was supposed to meet her a couple times, and our timing never worked. I'm just like so excited to meet her. She is. She came on the. We first talked. She came on the podcast in May, and it was an amazing conversation. Fight like she was so cool. And then she did, I saw that she did a podcast back, you know, 2020 during the pandemic, like, 
So that's what like I knew about her, but it was like, oh, let me like do some more research. And her podcast is really cool. And so she was like, well, I'm going to you got me inspired to get back into podcasting. Do you want to be a guest? And I'm like, I'd love to. So I was a guest on her. She so but she's amazing, like so cool and just so like, yeah, I could see you. You two would vibe because she has that energy and that connection and that kindness and empathy. Um, But I had friends visit me in my dorm room and I didn't realize that on like my my like Google search bar, everything was saved and it would like pop up if you like hit like. (laughs) So they go on my desktop and they type in a and what pops up, but Amazon Amanda, like just like, (laughs) (laughs) so they're like, what, what, what's Amazon? And I fought them off like for like a while. Like it was like three of them, and I was like pushing. I'm like, no, I like turn the computer off, and they were. Like, oh my god! They kept going, and I just say, you know what? Fuck it, go ahead. So like they they like looked, and then yeah, so they they like of course had a million questions and this and that, and I was like, this is. I'm like, why? Well, I want you to leave my room. Like, just get get back in your car, get on the road, go home. Like, uh. But yeah, Aww. I remember I told I told one not to bring it up and he he did. And like um it did affect me for a while with like certain people. And then like it's funny because then the same people like I I've stayed friends with them for years after for a while and they'd be like, "Well, you're so secretive with stuff. You don't tell us like if you're talking to someone, if you're dating, you're secretive." And I go, "I wonder why." And you're looking at me like I'm crazy. I go, you tell a secret that I said not to say, and now you look at me like I'm the crazy one because oh. I don't tell you. I'm like, oh, you he broke told my... people. He oh, told that's people. so fucked up. And then people oh. were like, well, how come you're so secretive? And I go, what the fuck you think I'm secretive for? Like, I yeah. trust you with stuff. Like, no. But then, like, yeah. they made me be the weird one for then in the future not telling them. Like who, if I was dating someone or like a future session or anything like that. And I was like, no, like you, you broke Mm -hmm. that trust. You got to earn that. Like, that's right. You know, but like I, as I told them, like later on, some of them, like we kind of had some falling outs and stuff. And I go, you do the fucked up thing, but then I'm the weird one. You don't look at the person (laughs) in the mirror. Like I'm weird because I don't just tell you. I'm like, no, I'm not going to fucking tell you. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just um, it's been really just like cool, though, having that. And like I kind of thought I told Michaela this on her show. I'm seeing these videos back in like 06, 07, 08. And I've seen them in like people's like basement studios or some people would be in the backyard. It'd be like Mutiny or Michaela Miles or Amazon Amanda. And I was like, oh, I was so naive. I'm like. Well, I guess they just found like a friend, like this guy who's a friend or like this guy who's a neighbor. And they s- said, hey, I'm shooting like a wrestling video. You want to be in it? And they said, sure. <laughs> so I'm like, unless I like live or I know someone personally who's down to do this, like I'll never do it. And then like I discovered Jen Thomas has session girls. So I'm like, what's this? And I'm like, what? They people they they travel like to you. I was my. I was like, it was like you know, like when like man first discovered fire, or like the wheel, or like Henry Ford. It was like mine was blown. I'm like, they're coming near me. I'm like, what? I was like, whoa, this. Is, I remember I emailed Jen Thomas. I don't think she remember. I checked. It. I still have that email from like 
it was 2011. I hadn't like wow like, done a session, but I saw I started just asking her questions. I was like, so wait a minute, because she was coming. I didn't see her this time because I was still in school. I didn't have money like that, but I was just like, so you're actually like coming to Philadelphia? Like that's real? <laughs> I'm like, because these dates say like August of 2011, you're coming, but like. Are you are you just like saying like Actually you're just coming? yeah? And then I'm like, are you re- are you just like saying like like you're like taking a vacation? I'm like, what is like? Are you doing sessions? <laughs> and she answered. She was like, yeah. And she like kind of broke it down. Like this is the rate. And I, I was so like, this is real. I'm like, you can do this. <laughs> like it blew my mind. And it was like, it it it, it has been like everything you said that guys have said to you like got me out of depression like it's been a lifesaver i'm i'm right there and i'm I'm not i'm proud to say it like it's it yeah. has been a game changer. it's made me hans and i talk about all the time it's made us like better people to be a part of this so i you know i want people to listen to know that's we're doing right feisty and i by talking about these issues. It doesn't mean that we don't love it. There's a reason why she still does it. Like she said, there's a reason why I do a podcast on it and I wouldn't do right. a podcast on it and, and want to talk and connect and want to promote and share, you know, so many amazing women's stories if I don't love it. But these are things that, Hey, we all need to be mindful of and we can do better too with, you know, that's right. I, I do want to say, I love Hans. He's such a sweetie. I really appreciate making content with him. Like he's a generous person. We have fun. We do awesome content. Um, he lets me keep that content as well. We do, you know, oily, sensual sessions. So that's cool. Um, but yeah, Hans is one of my favorite producers and one of my favorite guys to work with, actually. He he um, wanted to come. He was so excited when I said that you were coming on the show because he does <laughs> a lot of episodes, but he had yeah. like a, a shoot. So he's like, I don't think I, I don't think I can make it. And I'm like, it's all right. But he was so like excited. Um, <laughs> I said I saw I was like, wait, Hans is going to be on the scene. <laughs> on the same show as me. No way. <laughs> he's he's. I, I, you know, I remember, um, and for people listening, sorry, I'm, I'm letting Feist know the story, but like, I would see Jen Thomas doing the videos, the interviews on Session Girls. So it was back in 2016. And this is like my third time seeing her at this point. And we always have great conversations. And I'm like, those videos are cool. Like you should do a podcast. And she was mm-hmm. like, well, what is that? Like, she kind of heard about it and I'm giving her, well, you should listen to this one and that one. I'm like, but you should do that. And I always thought like there should be a session wrestling podcast, but yeah. I never thought like I'm, I, I'm always I was always like someone should do that like that I listen, <laughs> but I, was, I never thought me I'm like just someone out right. there should be doing this though it'd be great, and I was like telling her and I, I would like message her like hey you should do it like you'd be good at it I like these interviews they're great and last summer you know Hans is doing like an Instagram live it was the second one he did during the pandemic. And I was like, I went on the first one. I'm like, let me go on this one. And I hop on. I'm at my job. I'm not, I'm no longer at this job currently, but I'm at my job taking a break. And like, I'm like, (laughs) I'm the only one on this live. And I'm like, what the hell? Let me go. Let me go ask him like, if I can like join. And so he was like, oh yeah, come on in. And he asked me, what do I like to do? I do a classic sports podcast. And he was like, we should do a podcast on this. And I was like, okay, buddy. 
That's nice of you. Love it. But I was like, anyway, <laughs> tell me about when you wrestled with like Feisty. Tell me about when you wrestled with Mistress Kara. Like, you know, he answered and he's like, I'm serious. You should do that. And I go, yeah, that's nice. Thanks, man. <laughs> but anyway, and he's like, no, I'm dead serious. And I was like, I don't know if you know, it takes a lot of work. So like, I, I, I need help. Like if mm-hmm. I need like some behind, he was like, I'll help you. And I'm like, well, if you're serious, like you have my Instagram, like message me, like we could talk about it. And I'm like, he's like, all right. I'm like, see you later. And I'm like, he's not going to message me. Like he's going to forget all about it. Two minutes later, I get a message. You should do the podcast. And I'm like, oh, he's, <laughs> I'm like, this is real. I'm like, this yeah. is a real thing. And it's a great that lesson. That sounds like Hans. Yeah. yeah. And I, I tell him, I'm like, I appreciate it because it's that lesson of instead of being like someone else should do it, like you, you should do it. Like, why don't you, you try to step do it? Up? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And don't I, wait for somebody else to do it. You do it. Right. And for years right. I was like, who's going to be that person to do it? Like, what are <laughs> you guys? You guys should, well, you said some wrestlers should just do this. Like, it'd be great. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, and this is my way of like helping to promote the 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 industry and the community. Um, I'm proud to do it as long as people like yourself, awesome people, want to come on and have great conversations. Like, I'll keep doing it. That's right, and I appreciate you for doing it. I, I feel like I've I could talk for another seven hours. I mean, I could just keep hey, going. We, we could have a part one and a part two. Like, I'm always down. No, this is this is amazing. This is so awesome. Like so awesome. Like wait, so Hans came on the show and he talked about wrestling me. <laughs> Hans has, yeah, I actually yes. If you check our archives, there's a few episodes. Hans, yes, Hans has talked about it. Yep, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's sweet. I love check, it. Yeah, people, re- people really like our videos. You know. <laughs> oh, you. I have, mean, yes, you guys. Yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm naked in those videos, so it's understandable. <laughs> well, it's 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 the like I told him off the air like a couple of days ago. Like he, the chemistry that like it, it's not like you could tell it's not manufactured. Mm-mm. like it's Mm-mm. like real like chemistry and i told him i'm like it's great art it's it's sensual but then there's sport it's grappling but then there's the oil and it's like just two artists like painting the canvas that's why I like <laughs> i i told him i loved his video like i was a fan of his video before i ever like spoke to him like i was like hey i love oil wrestling i'm a big and i'm like oh this dude loves oil wrestling too like yeah and like the way he <laughs> does it is like that's the way I always pictured it, where it's sensual, but it's you're getting like both, like you know, where like right other oil wrestling videos kind of like the like the other, like one way or the other, they're just like strictly just like sex, or it's just like they're in like this like little like baby pool and they're just like playing in the oil and it's like oh okay <laughs> yeah somebody actually wanted me and Sasha to do uh, an oil wrestling match in this baby pool <laughs> and I got it and I thought I mean it was a bit bigger but we were still like no way this is happening right. we had to scrap the we had to scrap the pool idea and we just did the the oil wrestle but oil, definitely oil wrestling is one of my more fun sessions I've oil wrestled with Christy with Sasha Steele, who is on a break right now, and I'm missing her, but she's one of my 
I, I appreciate her, one of the few women of color in the industry. Right, right. Um, and then Hans, and I'm trying to think. I think I, I wrestled a few other people. So I wrestle Hans, and then he also films me wrestling um, some women. So I wrestled um, uh, Kathara. I forget. She has two different names. Um, so I wrestled her. I wrestled Bella Inc. That's a great then, video. Yeah. Bella Inc. Yeah. yeah. That was a good and, video. <laughs> And then Jackie, I love wrestling. Jackie Feet. <laughs> she's cool. Um, and then also um, Hans's videographer. <laughs> I right. wrestled her too. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, so she's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, oil wrestling is definitely a lot of fun. But it's it's hard to be as competitive as you want to be because it's. I mean, it's just so slippery. <laughs> it is. It is that. I didn't know until I did my first oil wrestling session. I, you don't think it like it's I kind of look back and I'm like, duh, like I should have had common sense. But I was just <laughs> like, yeah, we're going to do this. And then like we go for like 20 minutes and like it's like a stalemate. We're just sliding. And then the, the other yeah. person, she it was her first time doing it like the session wrestler. So she's like, this is this is kind of hard. And I'm like, yeah, it is. It is kind of it is kind of we had to like, like change the game plan up where it's like I just like let her just get on top because it was like, we're just like, all right, like she's trying to get me to hold. And I'm like, up oh, slipping out. And like, we're just like sliding everywhere and stuff. And it was my first time. So I, I went really extra with the oil. I was just like, Yee! I, was just, <laughs> I was spraying it everywhere. So it Swimming was, in it. Oh yeah. So it was, <laughs> uh, so she was like, yeah, maybe next time we, um, we like poke a hole in it. So like, we don't have like the whole bottle. She was so sweet. Like, but she had a big smile. So like, we don't have the whole bottle <laughs> on the mat. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> Another great point. You're right. You're right. Yeah, there's a lot of oil. And we are just sliding, but it, it was. It's still one of my. It's some of my favorite videos to watch, but it's also like so fun. Now, for for you was, and we've had such a great conversation. Like, was cuddling first, or was like how how did you kind of like discover this? Yeah, I was actually just gonna just gonna get into that because I'm thinking about when I discovered that I even liked wrestling, um, mm. I was actually really, I was actually young. I was probably 14 years old and I was dating an older boy. He was like 17. And, um, he, we used to play a little rough and, you know, we we're like kind of like pushing each other around a little bit. And the next thing you know, we're like rolling around on my mom's living room floor and fell off the couch and we're on the <laughs> floor and he, I'm slamming him up on the wall. And we're just, <laughs> I was just like, wow, this is really sexy. This is like turning me on right now. I mean, I was 14, like whatever I knew what turning on meant, you know, right. but um, that was like the first time that I discovered like, I like this fight. That's really hot. And ever since then, I had never wrestled with anybody else. They just always thought it was weird. I'm like, come on let's just kind of roll around they're like i don't want to fight you or i don't want to i'm like well okay whatever boring you know <laughs> you're so vanilla exactly you're so vanilla and um and then yeah i was living so now you know fast forward you know a decade later or more um and i'm living out in new mexico on the mesa and i just kept getting all these like ads for cuddling, like be a professional cuddler. I'm like, what the heck is that? And I just kept closing it. And eventually I'm like, all right, I'll sign up. Let's see what it is. And I make a profile. And then all of a sudden I have all these people that want to cuddle with me. And I'm like, what? This is crazy. So I became a professional cuddler. So, you know, it's like platonic cuddling and I would meet up with people. And 
um, at the time when I had my van, I had the bed in the back. I would even meet people and have them come to my van. Awesome. <laughs> I just park it somewhere. Yeah. And, and we'd cuddle in my van. So that was pretty cool. Um, and I just thought to myself, like, well, this is nice, but what else do you guys want to do? <laughs> <laughs> and just did a little research and I found a woman in New York. Her name is Lisa. Um, she does, um, I believe it's called Tempest. Yeah, she was, um, she's one of our first guests on. Yep. Yeah. And I discovered Lisa and I hooked up with her and actually she's the one who introduced me to Hans. So I'm mm. forever grateful. Um, so I reached out to Lisa and she's like, yeah, sure. Wrestling. And I didn't even know what the heck I was doing. And I'm like, okay, let's do this. And she kind of like told me a couple moves and, you know, she didn't even show me. She just told me about them. <laughs> and I watched, watched a couple videos and next thing you know, I'm wrestling for her. And then I just decided, okay, well, I'm going to make my own session girls page and I'll do this myself. And, um, it was on from there. And being that I have some boxing experience, um, I was able to do that and I had done a little Muay Thai. So okay. I was able to incorporate that into my, you know, my, my menu. And, um, yeah, I just watched videos and then just gained experience through sessions. And people would ask me like, Oh, do you know this one? Do you know that one? Like ask me about session wrestlers. And I didn't know who any of them were. And it wasn't until last September that I went to the session girls event. And that's when I met all the other women who were doing this. And then right. it was like, my community yes you know mm -hmm. and so th and then it was like when i discovered that there's videos and there's a whole clips for sale world and you know custom custom videos and doing double That's sessions right. and i'm just like wow this is so cool <laughs> i didn't no. even know all this existed no so That's yeah so it was cool. like pretty pretty alone at first doing this yeah. and so that's why i appreciated jen and des um you know, trying to get these seminars together where we have women who are doing this, who can not only talk about like their personal experience, but experiences, but talk about how can we, how can we, you know, create this empire? How do we keep ourselves safe? How do we streamline things? How do we bounce off of each other and help each other through this industry? Um, you know, how do we keep some sort of I don't want to say like um, quality control, but something like that, you know, because mm -hmm. it's like you, you kind of just jump into it and you don't really know what the hell you're doing. Right. And um, right. yeah, to think about that, there might be like some sort of like, you know, like a, a, a manual that that new women can read when getting into this world. That's that's kind of cool to think about. But I am so thankful that I accidentally stumbled upon this thing because it just feels so natural to me. And when I tell, it's like funny when I, when I told my family what I'm doing and then mm -hmm. when I'm like, when I meet strangers and they're like, who well, else? So what do you do? You know, I'm like in a public setting and I'm at a wedding with someone and they're like, so, so what do you do Frankie? And I'm just like, uh, so I beat guys up. <laughs> and they're yeah. like, what? <laughs> you know, but I get to tell them about what I do and everybody's just always like, what are you talking about? That's so amazing. You know? And, yeah. um, I, I, I haven't been able to recruit anybody into doing it yet. I have one person that she's about, about to get into it. Like I said, she's a badass, you know, uh, activist woman of color. So I'm really excited that she would be entering, but most I, people are like, that's cool. But they're not like, so how do I get involved? Right. Right. <laughs> they, they, I tell people like, 
Because no one know people know about whether it's bondage or spanking, foot fetish. They know about like, but I've only known one person to know what this is. It was surprisingly yeah. my dad. He's the only oh. person who knew what it was. <laughs> um, like father, like son. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> he, he did it. He did it from. Um, he used to be in trucking, like so. He was a dispatcher. And oh, so like truck drivers who were traveling up and down across the country, up the, down the East Coast, he would hear them talking about it. So that's how he knew what it was. He drove me um, because it's funny you mentioned Christy Epso. She was my second session. First one yes. was me. Second was with Christy, and yes. I was a new driver. I got my license late, and I t- I'm like, well, I don't want to hip hop on the highway. So I take this back way and I'm going through like downtown Philly and I'm like, what the hell? Like this is worst. So I I was just a nervous I now it's whatever, but then I was a nervous driver. So my dad, I had told him and I was like, Hey, like I'll I made like some deal where I'll I'll paint whatever. I'm like, if you drive me there and back to like the to this hotel to meet with this session wrestler. And he did it for like four in a row after that. He would like sit down at, at the bar, have a drink, and I'm upstairs having a session. And then I come down and we get in the car and he put on like the basketball game and we just drive, drive back home. I love it. That's so sweet. And it was, you know, it was funny. It was no, like, no cool dad. Oh, yeah. I was, I, I didn't appreciate it as much then, like I should have, like I do now, because like the last time he did it, like, we're in the car, like driving back, and I was. I said it was. I was like, "How come you haven't asked me about this yet?" Because I'm like, I was always waiting for questions. <laughs> and he would never say anything, and so I was like, I was like a little bit offended, which is crazy. But I was like, "How come you don't ask me about this? Like, what's up?" And he looked at me, and he was like, "Because you'll tell me about it if you want to." And I was like, "Oh, mm, sweet." And I'm like, and then looking back, I'm like, "That's really cool. Like, I I appreciate that. Like, there was no judgment. There was no. He just right. was, you know." Look he out. respects your boundaries. Yeah, cool. yeah, and, and that's <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. So no, it's um, that's such amazing I, I, though. I wanted to say I feel like we're we're approaching the two hour mark, and I could talk forever, but I also have to pee. So yes, <laughs> and unless you want me to pee on your podcast, no. <laughs> I'm gonna have to wrap up. I actually have to go mow the lawn. I've never mowed a lawn in my life. I'm from New York City. Oh wow mow the lawn i tried to start it today and i didn't know how to do it but my roommate's home now so she's gonna she's gonna teach me how to start the mower that's awesome that is so cool and that, that is not code language i'm really talking about I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's true for everyone listening is she means cutting grass she yeah cutting the grass. using a lawnmower cutting the grass yeah get your mind's out the gutter Right. <laughs> oh wow. But I feel like I feel like there's so much more we could talk about. I would definitely love to come on for a part two. Yes. Um, and you I, can invite invite whoever you'd like. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'd love to. This has been so amazing. Um it I thought it would be amazing and it was be at, like better than what I even thought. Like it was just so awesome. So <laughs> awesome talking with you. And thank you so much. So I'll wrap it up so for the one and only the amazing the renaissance woman herself feisty feminista <laughs> i'm d-rock thank you guys for listening to after hour sessions take care thank you